0: Welcome to the Mornings with Sue and Andy podcast for Wednesday, February 15th. We begin with our monthly chat with Calgary Police Chief Mark Newfeld. This time out, the Chief brings us details on the CPS's plan to address social disorder and improve public safety on Calgary streets, including the announcement earlier this week that the province will provide 12 sheriffs to help out in a 12-week pilot project.
1: Still on the topic of policing, are we as a nation addressing the root cause of crime in our major cities, and how can local police departments be more effective with the budgets and resources that are available to them? We discuss with Kent Roach, Professor of Law from the University of Toronto. And finally, Alberta Energy
0: Minister pete guthrie is in norway promoting alberta's energy sector at the oslo energy forum mornings with sue and andy producer reese schaefer caught up with the minister for details on canada's role in the forum and what he sees for the future of our energy sector every month we have the opportunity to chat with calgary police chief mark Newfeld and look at the issues facing the city and calgarians chief Newfeld joins us for his monthly chat right now good morning to you sir
2: good morning andy
0: well, I want to get right to it. And this is news that came down yesterday. It's kind of the 12 by 12. 12 sheriffs into the city of Calgary for a 12 week pilot project focused on the downtown core. Can you tell us not only about this announcement, but how you see it unfolding and how these officers will be used?
2: Yeah, for sure. I think this uh, announcement was sort of uh, something that had been speculated on for a long period of time in the media. But I think what it is, is an aug- it's an augmentation to um, the good work that's being done uh, with respect to frontline officers from uh, the Calgary Police Service, but also uh, transit peace officers and bylaw, uh, just working on the things that are making Calgarians feel unsafe uh, in some of the public spaces, uh, downtown and otherwise. And so the sheriffs will come in and, you know, I, I don't have to tell you, we've been short-staffed. And, you know, you think about all of the things that have been going on in the city, we'd love to be able to give more attention to, you know, transit and some of the public spaces proactively. But it's been, you know, a matter of having to shift resources around as a result of significant issues that are happening. I think overnight is a good example of that. Um, so, again, an augmentation of, you know, a dozen sheriffs uh, will be helpful. These are visible uh, resources that will be able to be deployed on foot to, in, to interact uh, positively with Calgarians in public spaces where they're not feeling uh Uh, particularly safe and then also uh, to be able to intervene in behaviors that are actually causing that
1: chief we'll get to what happened overnight in just a moment but uh, you know when you talk about uh, civil disorder and the things that are going on a social disorder i should say what exactly are you referring to what what do you think needs to be done what's happening downtown particularly
2: well, I think what we're seeing post-pandemic, Sue, is that there's uh, a variety of people, uh, many people struggling with, you know, complex issues of mental health and addictions that are that are uh, needing assistance. And then within that, there's also people who are choosing to commit crimes. Uh, and some of the crimes are low-level and, and that sort of thing. But the reality of it is the behaviours are things that are causing Calgarians to feel unsafe. And so there needs to be intervention into that. But the key is, I think, the right intervention. There are individuals who just simply need to be connected to services and supports to help them get to a better place and so you know that's something we're fortunate in Calgary to have access to those and then there's other people who choose to commit crimes and there needs to be a justice intervention for that so it's about you know using the right interventions and getting the right resources to the right people at the right time uh, you know right where they are
0: and when, when we say 12 I just want to get back to the number of 12 sheriffs what sort of an impact can 12 you know a new uh, officers on the streets of Calgary impact what will we see
2: yeah, like, let's be realistic, like 12 people, we have 80, 80 patrol teams in the city uh, that are roughly 10 or 12 people deep um, as it is. So when we're talking about 12, uh, the addition of 12 sheriffs, uh, if you were to try and spread that across the city, that wouldn't be very much. But of course, we'll be much more focused. We're looking at um, at trying to bolster the numbers uh, in uh, the downtown and certainly along transit and stuff at times in places where, you know, they would be the most needed. So we'll look at our data in terms of, you know, complaints and and ridership from calgary transit and stuff like that and be able to say okay it, it is only 12 people but at the end of the day if we were to deploy them as smartly as we could where would we have them and and at what times what days of the week what times of the day and where would they be to make the biggest difference and that's how we'll do the deployment
1: so chief will they sort of be on their own will they be teamed up with cps officers and you know kind of more what, what does that look like in terms of, of how you implement these officers themselves
2: yeah, great question, too. So all the details are being worked out, but what I see is that the sheriffs will come in and they'll work with uh, members of the CPS. I mean, our folks on Beats and Bikes downtown are well-versed with the territory. They're well-versed with the people down there. Uh, and so we would have that uniform, that visible uniformed presence bolstered, and then also we would be working in collaboration with our partners. So uh, the DOPE team downtown, obviously, is a, is a big partner, uh, but also social uh, service and, and health service sectors as well. So when this when there is a need to connect people with services, uh, those um, those resources would be there as well to be able to do that to sort of off ramp people. So I think it's a it's a it's not just uniform resources. It's not just about enforcement. It's really about a, a sort of a, a broader spectrum of services and interventions that could be brought to bear.
0: Officers and the CPS very busy through the overnight period with the reports of two shootings overnight around Fifth Avenue in the city's southeast. I believe the location. Can you give us some details uh, on what's going on, Chief?
2: Yeah this is all pretty fresh uh uh, Andrew, as you know, but uh, my, my heart goes out to folks in Temple and Penbrook Meadows there overnight, uh, so they would have awakened to gunfire and the, you know, the response of emergency vehicles and that type of thing, and I think you know, I, I could sum it up this way, just to say I think there was you know, stupid, irresponsible and dangerous behaviour that we saw. We saw some shootings, um, you know, large presence of police officers having to go and check and make sure uh, there weren't people that were struck by rounds, errant rounds. There were a couple of people in those two shootings that were injured, that were taken hospitals so investigations are ongoing there's going to be a pretty significant uh, disruption i would say even this morning we have a number of roads closed down um, as you can imagine uh there needs to be a forensic processing of those scenes uh and so that's sometimes best done in the daylight and so that's work that will will um will continue as the light comes up um but i, I actually would say that i'm quite pleased where we are in the couple of hours after the shooting in terms of the investigation. And, uh, you know, it's sad that things like this have to happen and it's sad that folks have to, have to endure this. But uh, I, I would say that the people that make decisions like this, uh, you can rest assured that the police are coming after you.
1: Uh, Chief, you know, we talk about civil disorder shootings. We've got road rage incidents. We've got family abuse issues. You've been very vocal in talking about the need for more officers. Is that why we're seeing so much more, do you think? Because we need more boots on the ground?
2: Well, you know what? It, it, it's difficult Uh It's hard to know, you know, coming out of the pandemic, this is a time, um, you know, that is very difficult to find a comparable time to. So it's hard to know. But, you know, I think, uh, you know, frontline um, workers of all types, including the police, have been depleted somewhat. Um, as a result of the pandemic, and we weren't able to hire as quickly. With policing, one of the challenges is it takes a considerable period of time. You know, by the time we recruit, it takes 26 weeks to uh, get a police officer up to speed before they get out onto the road, and even then, they're with a coach officer when they get on the road. So when, when the police service gets a bit depleted, it takes a little bit of time to build that back up, and so we are having staffing shortages at the same time. Uh, that We're having all these different demands that, that you point out, uh, as a result of um you know everything from gun violence to we're seeing exacerbated mental health, more protests and demonstrations and these types of things. So it's it's not been an easy time. Uh and it's not been an easy time for anybody, uh, let's be fair. But uh we, you know, I, I really applaud the men and women of the Calgary Police Service and, and frontline workers all over that are responding to this because they're really, you know, at two o'clock in the morning or two o'clock in the afternoon, they're the folks that are that are actually dealing with it directly. Um, And we do lots of things in the background to try and support them and and make sure that we're bolstering staffing and, and hiring and stuff like that. But right now, these are the folks that are making it happen.
0: Chief, thanks for your time this morning. We appreciate your monthly visit with us.
2: Yeah, thanks so much, you guys. Have a great day.
0: You too. That is Calgary Police Chief Mark Neufeld
1: are canadian police forces addressing the root cause of crime or does more need to be done to ensure police officers are serving the public interest and keeping canadians safe on city streets joining us to talk about it is kent roach professor of law at the university of toronto and author of the paper canadian policing why and how it must change good morning to you professor roach thanks so much for joining us good morning interesting because we had a chat with our it happened to be our regular chat with our Calgary police chief this morning and talking about a new provincial pilot project that will add 12 sheriffs to Calgary's downtown core to try and keep civil disobedience in check and try and work on some of the problems downtown. But does it seem like from your perspective maybe the current state of policing in Canada just needs an overhaul from top to bottom?
3: Yes, I mean, um, I started the book in the wake of uh, George, uh, George Floyd's uh, death, but I, you know, found that the, the cost of policing, public policing, uh, is not sustainable. Even the Harper government was saying this, uh, you know, uh, uh, 10 years ago. And so, although I understand, you know, adding 12 sheriffs uh, uh, can uh, deal with some of the symptoms, it isn't really getting to the roots of the problem like um, lack of addiction uh, treatment and and lack of housing and so
0: on. So, but when you say the cost not being sustainable, obviously we need police on our streets. And I, and I like to almost personally divide the line between policing and the mental health aspect that we need to spruce up on. So when it comes to policing itself, how could we spend those dollars and get more bang for a buck and use them more effectively?
3: Well, I mean, one idea would be Use more civilians in policing, community safety officers. Uh, a lot of the money that goes into police officers, who uh, make on average over a hundred thousand dollars a year, is related to training in firearms and the like. And so, I think we need to experiment, as they have in England. With uh, unarmed community service officers, who, when they encounter a dangerous situation, can call in backup. I think we also need to look at whether funding community groups and even funding private security can be more uh, efficient. So, in in uh, in. You know, So there are lots of different alternatives,
1: Uh, Professor. We talked to the police chief about the term "defund the police" and how that term just has a terrible connotation to it as well. And but is it something that maybe that sort of idea is what we need to look at? and, and, And you know, kind of relating to exactly what you just talked about, using some of the money or getting more money for the police, but having a different sort of group that can be out on the street, maybe looking for people who are looking and needing mental health help, that sort of thing, where the officers can deal with the actual violent crime issues.
3: Yes, absolutely. And I agree that defund is not a good term. I think redistribute uh, or refund some of the social services that we perhaps have not um, paid uh, enough attention to is one of the ways to go. But, I mean, the chief is absolutely right that the the defund uh, police movement in Canada is kind of dead on arrival in police budgets. uh, continue to go up. I think, though, we need to look at whether we're getting value for money. Are we evaluating what the police do and comparing it to other programs? So, you know, the book isn't about a blueprint, because I think it really depends on each community. And I think you need a trial and error you won't know if you've uh, done errors unless you collect the necessary statistics and evaluate and so uh, I, I, I certainly you know as a citizen want the police to be there 24 uh, 7 including when necessary an armed presence but I don't think that it's the only thing that we need Uh, uh, on a 24-7 basis, and I think that if we paid, um, you know, psychiatric nurses and even just community members who may have the trust of a lot of the people who are causing um, public order and and safety concerns, there's a possibility that we could get more positive results. But if we don't try and if we don't evaluate, we'll never know.
0: Speaking with Kent Roach, professor of law at the University of Toronto and a professor, you mentioned a comparison and I know that this is not just a Calgary or an Alberta specific issue and actually we hear about issues of policing in the U.S., our neighbors to the south. Can we draw from another country somewhere else on the globe that has, uh, has got it right? Can we take some lessons from another country?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think that the U.K. has a lot to offer. you got to remember, historically, the Canadian police were not formed like uh, Peel's Bobbies in London. They were really paramilitary, whether it was the RCMP or even for a time the Alberta Provincial Police. So uh, in England, they have experimented, as I said, with community safety officers, and they've also invested a lot more money than Canada has in In uh, educating uh, police officers and continually evaluating uh, their role and programs that they may be part of uh, but not necessarily the lead in in Canada the the Edmonton uh, police chief has been involved with some of these experiments but I think we we lag behind uh, England, and it's a jurisdiction that is uh, relatively similar to us in other regards.
1: on that note, Professor, a couple of people texting in saying, "Well, I'd like to see this guy go into the streets and deal with wild drug addicts without a weapon, but it's been being done in the u k for decades. So what is the difference?
3: Well, I mean, I think that the difference is as I said, to to try new programs and, you know, my daughter is a mental health nurse and I definitely don't want to see her confronted by people with knives and weapons. But I also know that every day uh, she uses her words to talk down people who have a potential for violence. So I think, you know, there's been a lot of experimenting with pairing uh, mental health nurses and police officers. And, uh, uh, you know, police officers need to be there uh, for backup if there is a, a, a knife uh, or some other weapon involved. But if we don't try alternatives, we're not going to mm-hmm. know whether they
0: work or mm-hmm.
3: perhaps they don't work.
0: Excuse the the term blow up, but is this something that we can implement changes and uh, see some some, some effective results? Or is this something that we do have to blow up the whole force and and kind of start from scratch?
3: Well, I mean, I'm not sure you need to blow up the whole force because I think most people recognize there's a need for a uh, 24-7 police uh, response. But I think what you do need is more pilot projects. I I gather this project is going to go for 12 weeks. I'm I'm not sure that's long enough, but um, I'm also not sure whether there is going to be uh, an evaluation or a comparison of, you know, maybe the uh, Bear Clan or some other community group. You, You could have them working in one district and have the sheriffs working in another and compare results um and i think people have to take uh you know uh, uh, the elected politicians have to take some responsibility for these issues and, and realize that just throwing more money at the police is not going to be the answer
1: we need to try things to see if they work you had a great point with that one thank you so much for your time this morning professor appreciate it Kent Roach, Professor of Law at the University of Toronto.
4: The Alberta government believes Alberta is the world's choice for responsible, sustainable, and long-term energy supply. Alberta's Energy Minister, Peter Guthrie, is in Norway promoting Alberta at the Oslo Energy Forum. Minister Guthrie joins us now to discuss. Thanks for taking the time. What is the focus this year at the Oslo Energy Forum?
5: I would say two things security, obviously with uh, geopolitical events uh, that have taken place uh, uh, pandemic as well as uh, Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Uh, these are uh, two elements that have uh, really highlighted the importance of viable and responsible and affordable um, uh, energy. And then also energy transition uh, and uh, uh, evolution of, of the industry. Those are kind of the, the two uh, key fact: we're seeing the world uh, here at, at these meetings, and, and they know very little about uh, the kind of work that uh, Canada and Alberta is doing. I think as a, a really good example is we just finished up uh, a meeting here with uh, the World Bank, and uh, they want us to know about uh, what we were doing with methane reductions. Mm-hmm. And so they were very surprised uh, to hear that uh, we've uh, already hit the 44% reduction in, in methane um, with our goal of having 45% by 2025. So we're going to blow that out of the water. Uh, they were quite pleased about that. And then to hear about uh, the, our CCS uh, progress, that we have two operational Uh, carbon capture um, units in the province right now. We've sequestered more than 10 tons of carbon dioxide thus far with 25 hub proposals out right now for conceptual design. Uh, Those were a couple of uh, big elements, uh, but also that uh, Alberta has the fastest growing renewable sector in all of Canada. And uh, there's also quite a bit of interest in uh, Alberta's Indigenous Opportunity Corporations.
4: So we know carbon capture kind of important technology right now in Alberta. On the world stage, is this something that you're seeing um, interest in from Alberta's point of view, trying to get our expertise on carbon capture?
5: That's exactly right. Uh, there's, there's a lot of interest uh, in this worldwide uh, from uh, industry, from governments, from financial institutions. They're they're looking to Canada. Uh, we seem to be a lot further ahead than uh, other jurisdictions, and uh, they're they're looking for our advice uh, and expertise in this area and uh, to do business uh, in Canada. So that's that's been another element of this. There is a tremendous opportunity in Alberta. We've talked a lot about uh, the skilled labor that we have, the innovators uh, that are located in Alberta. But initially, right off the top, we had a. Uh, a talk from from Bill Gates and some others, and uh, but one of the things that uh, that he had uh, promoted and brought up is that uh, innovation and technology are going to be real drivers moving forward, and that's exactly what we have in Alberta.
4: I feel remiss not to bring up something that was flagged to me is the R Star Orphan Well cleanup project and the idea that we're going to be offering oil companies royalty breaks to clean up orphan wells that are already their responsibility. Can you kind of shed some light on this and kind of the rationale behind this program?
5: Uh, well, first off, there's nothing that has been released yet to the public. So there's a lot of min- misinformation that is uh, circulating. So, I, you know, as you know, there is uh uh, liabilities uh, in the banks that we need to clean up. There is also uh, a Directive eighty-eight. It puts forward a, uh, a certain percentage uh, of liabilities that have to be cleaned up each year, and it can vary depending upon the size of the company. But the company has a responsibility to uh, clean up between four and seven percent uh, of those uh, liabilities, and so uh, that is that mandatory. Now, that went from $400 million last year, and it was a big jump. It went to $700 million uh, in cleanup that would be required this year in uh, 2023. That is due to go up the next five years by 9% per year. So it's uh, some pretty aggressive targets, I think, that, that we have out there, but uh, we believe that, um, that industry can do that. And uh, so, that, like I said, this program is to... Ask companies, those that, that can, to just do a little bit more.
4: That was Alberta Energy Minister Peter Guthrie live from Norway where he's attending the Oslo Energy Forum. For QR Calgary, I'm Rhys Schaefer.